It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in, everybody. Good afternoon. As uh, we are here on the Patrick Johnson uh, radio show, 94.3 The Game, the IBX media app. We've got uh, video streams going uh, to all of our different uh, outlets that you uh, normally would, uh, would find streaming. And uh, that's where we are. That also includes the IBX uh, Media app. You can download that for free at uh, the App Store or Google Play. Great to have you along uh, today. Thank you for uh, all of the tremendous uh, feedback the last couple of days uh, that we've had shows. Friday, of course, had my dad on. That was awesome. A lot of people still uh, reaching out to that. And then Bethany Bradshaw with some uh, notable news yesterday as far as a project she's working on. Uh, we've got some great things to tell you about uh, as far as guests for the remainder of this week and next week. And then we'll be uh, knocking off for a period of time for a little summer break and uh, coming back uh, right before, uh, well, coming back right before the Pirates return to campus, uh, coming back during the uh, first day of uh, AAC Media Day. So uh, all of that will be uh, uh, going on at that point. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington is uh, the, burning the candle at both ends yet again as uh, he was down in Carteret County at the Big Rock uh, last night and today and uh, is back in Greenville for uh, our show this afternoon. So, uh, Pilk, no rest for the weary, my friend. You're on the go. Yeah, it's been a full, well, it's heck, it's only Tuesday. It already feels like it's been a full week, but it's been a fun <laughs> week, so I'm all good with it. This two days has been... This two days has been the longest month of Pilk's uh, life. <laughs> Amen to that. So, you know, it's that time of year, and they always say, oh, well, there's nothing going on. There's always something going on. We can always have something uh, notable to talk about. I was just watching some of this uh, Big Rock uh, TV a moment ago, uh, Pilk, and uh, I guess the most recent boat has come in, uh, and it does not look like, well, let me see here. This is great radio me talking about what is uh, the waste knot has come in. And uh, I cannot see what the species is, but it does not look like a marlin. So they are weighing something else. Uh, but there was a marlin on the board today. Sea uh, Toy is now in second place with a 463.7 pounder. I guess the other boat that's coming in, you were telling me, is the Lady Diane. Uh, and they are expected sometime this hour, I guess, uh, at Big Rock Landing. Because that's still... Is that still happening, Pilk, from what you can gather, what your sources, your hashtag sources are telling you? Yeah, I saw that it looks like it's going to come in around 5 o'clock. Obviously, we're at 5.03 right now, but the boat that just came in started pointing the dock a little before 5, so hopefully they're waiting right there in the harbor is what I'm hoping, and hopefully we will get yeah. a new marlin weight here in the next 10 to 15 minutes. But, you know, who knows? It's uh, hard to predict time when you're traveling anywhere, especially when you're on a boat. Yeah, so the there was also a boat yesterday morning that was struck by lightning, and all of the electrical components went out on the boat. They have uh, since been returned to land. I think Sito went out to get them, and Sito couldn't uh, 
get out there because it was so rough. The Coast Guard eventually uh, got out there to the folks. Nobody was hurt, uh, but this boat was uh, brought back. It got back about midday today. So that's what's uh, happening uh, from that standpoint. Uh, Pilk, have you, do you get seasick? You strike me as someone who might get seasick. You'll go on the go out anyway, but you would get seasick. Am I right about that or am I wrong? I've never done offshore fishing. I've only been on a cruise ship. I've had no issues on a cruise ship. I do get on roller coasters. Okay. I can ride them again and again and again. Oh. So no okay. motion sickness there. So I would have to, uh, I All guess right. it's different when there's 12 foot seas and you're in a uh, 30 foot boat. So, um, so I, I go, I don't know. The, yeah. One of the last times I was on a boat. Uh, and I usually have been pretty good, but I mean, last, one of the last time, well, I shouldn't say one of the last times, but a few years ago, about a decade or so ago, I got really, really sick for, and it wasn't, it, we weren't really, I don't know what it was. It was just why I got really, really, you know, sick. And, uh, I've, I've tried to limit being on there, uh, as much as possible. Now, uh, I'll stay, I'll be a land lover and just stay on land, dry land. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, but uh, other than that, before that, I could go out and it would be fine. No problems at all. But that, I don't just that day, I guess. Maybe it was too much of the uh, PJ Wisers. Who knows that day? But if I recall, I don't think I just think we were on the boat and I just I just got uh, on a buddy's boat. And we just got kind of sick feeling, got a bad headache and all that. Uh, so uh, big rock update coming up. Uh, Curtis Strange was with us this morning on Talk of the Town. Now, uh, we all know Curtis Strange lives in uh, Moorhead City. Curtis Strange is uh, one of the uh, all-time great golfers, uh, went to Wake Forest, grew up in the Tidewater area, golf Hall of Famer, two-time U.S. Open, Open champ, back-to-back. He was on the show today. Next segment, we will hear from him. He obviously is on the Big Rock board, and he has a lot of involvement with that. I also, Pilk, got the impression he's not going to the L.A. Country Club to do the U.S. Open telecast this year. Is that correct? Yeah, he's not. I was a little surprised. I figured that maybe we would get him on today and then he would fly out. I knew that Fox is the uh, majority uh, broadcast uh, team there. For, I thought it was NBC. Is it NBC now? Oh, they changed it up. So yeah, I think it's NBC. Okay. But uh, I figured, you know, Thursday, Friday, they'd be having some ESPN Plus coverage and he would have some obligations there. But he said he is not going this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think he would have been there today and then flying tomorrow uh, to be on the air starting Thursday uh, just because of uh, the time change and all that. Uh, I think it's NBC. Yeah, NBC's gotten it. So they're actually Peacock uh, and uh, NBC over the air and uh, USA Network have it. So that's how that's going to play out uh, this year. In fact, I'm looking at this now. Peacock will start its coverage. Uh, of the first round uh, Thursday at 6.45 a.m. And then USA will be on uh, 9.30 to 2. NBC will actually have coverage during the day, 2 to 5. And then uh, USA returns on Thursday, 5 to 7, and then back to Peacock to wrap things up uh, after that. So uh, it's a good thing I uh, uh, bought uh, or got Peacock and subscribed to watch Clark's movie, Halloween 27 or whatever he was in a few years ago. And uh, I, re- I remember telling my, my wife, I said, do we want to keep this? Oh, let's just keep it. But there's going to look, that's where the ECU game's going to be uh, this, uh, this Labor Day. And that's where the U.S. Open now resides. So that's, I guess ESPN's out of the U.S. Open broadcast. So that explains why uh, Curtis is not uh, in Los Angeles, this one, which is great because I think he'd almost rather be 
in Moorhead City anyway. I think he uh, would so by Strange, the way he talked. I think you're definitely right there, P-Man. Yeah. Did you get a chance to interact with him any today or, or not really? Well, I quickly you know, said, hey, Henry's ready for you now. And then I was going to talk to him after, but that's the time that Cookie decided to go to the bathroom and start making new coffee is when he's oh. right as he got done. I'm like, dang it, Cookie, the one time I, I got a chance to talk to Curtis. My dad actually used to work with his nephew. So my dad was going to say, ask him how his nephew's doing. I haven't talked to him in a while. And uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him because Cookie decided to uh, go start uh, you know, brewing some more coffee there. And uh, I was like, dang it, Cookie, you couldn't have done this last segment. Wow. Well, he was great. Uh, he had a lot of things to say, obviously, about the tournament. Uh, going on, but he also had a lot of things to say about uh, Live Golf and PGA, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Panthers have started mandatory minicamp. You better be there for mandatory minicamp. Our guy, Jim Zoki, we usually go to him. Zoke was not available today, so we go to our friend uh, T-Bone, Travis Hancock from uh, WFNZ, the Mac and Bone Show in Charlotte. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Panthers. I guess the big rage with the Panthers today is the, everybody's uh, freaking out over the new unis, Pilk. Uh, I, I don't see much of a change, but you're obviously a more uh, – I'm a casual observer at best of the Panthers. You are probably uh, a more committed fan uh, by far. So what did you – What I mean, am I, what am I not getting with this? What am I not picking up that's being put down with the new unis? Yeah, I, I don't know. It just looks like there's a little more blue in them, I guess. Than before, I think the stripe <laughs> on the shoulder might be smaller. I, I don't know. It's just, it. I think okay. this is nothing more than, hey, we change our uniforms every two to three years and, and tweak this or that. I, I think there's not much. And like I said, I, I don't care about numbers the other day. I don't care about uniforms. I care about wins. You win me a Super Bowl, you can go out there in that mustard-colored Jacksonville Jaguars thing from the color rush days. I don't care what you look like. Just win the darn Super Bowl. It bring You bring up the Jags. Um, you know, they are proposing nearly $2 billion of work to what they're calling the stadium of the future. So taking their current stadium down there and reimagining it and reimagining the area, if you've ever been to what is now called TIA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, been around there, they want to kind of uh, dress up that entertainment district. I think the Daly's Place uh, Amphitheater is there as well uh, that uh, the uh, Khan family uh, uh, has some ownership in. So that is the the look of that uh, that area around TIA Bank Field. Well, they want to pour uh, a ton of money into it, and it would take anywhere from two to four seasons to get it uh, to where it would be. So where would the Jaguars play? Well, word came out yesterday that Jacksonville might play their games, get this pilk, at the Do Daytona International Speedway. Obviously, they could go to Ben Hill in Gainesville where the Gators play, the Swamp, they could also go to the uh, stadium in Orlando, which has hosted the Pro Bowl uh, in uh, recent years and hosts several bowl games. But uh, there's talk of maybe playing some Jags games at Daytona. I don't see that working out real well. I mean, after one game, it seems the novelty would maybe wear off. But uh, we saw that. Where was it in uh, Bristol? Bristol had the Virginia Tech-Tennessee football game. A few years ago, and they and they were jam packed. I remember the days, as you do, Pilk, when the Bristol race was jam packed. But now, you got a lot of people dressed as empty seats in that venue, and they throw uh, dirt over the, the uh, asphalt track, and it looks ridiculous. So, uh, going to Daytona, fair or foul in your opinion, there, Pilk? Uh, 
I mean, again, there's a little novelty with that, but uh, it would seem like Orlando or maybe Gainesville would make a little more sense. Yeah, I'm going to go foul in this situation because the thing is at Bristol, and I heard it was terrible to see anyways, you could at least put it in the middle. That is a half-mile right. you know, oval. This is a two-and-a-half-mile yeah, right. super track. speedway. You're going to have to play in the infield grass, so you're going to have to bring stands onto pit road and you know to have stands theoretically on the other side because you can only stick so many people on one side. And just think about it. They now right. have a race with the weekend before Labor Day in Daytona. They don't run it July 4th anymore. So you're going to have to bring in these stands for preseason games. Then you're going to have to yank them out for the NASCAR race and then have them back in two weeks later for first week of the NFL season. And I just think that is too much money and hassle for their return on investment. I think there's also a little bit of a uh, thought that the uh, team might play in London. They've already they're already playing back to back weeks in London this upcoming season, and there's at least some uh, thought that the NFL might want Jacksonville to play three consecutive weeks in London. That would uh, or or in uh, the UK uh, that would stink, I believe. But we'll see. Uh, but that uh, you brought up the Jags, and that uh, made me think of that. I just think that's kind of uh, interesting. Could could they? W- how would you feel if the Panthers wanted to play a game at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Pilt? You know, it's interesting you bring that up. They actually proposed that at one time back in the mid '90s to not build a stadium mm-hmm. and play one at Charlotte. Um, it would be a little easier, I guess, than you know the. The whole um, Daytona thing, it is a little bit of a smaller track, but still, I mean, right. you have to bring in all those stands to turn around and bring them out. There's still an October race. <sighs> yeah, I, I just, I, like, what's going to be well, the Well, they go to the draw? Roval in October, don't they? They yeah. go to the... the yeah, so yeah. all the Which more reason all, you'd I, have I to... Don't like. Yeah, all the more reason you'd have to get the stands out of there that you would bring in for this football game. Yeah. I just don't see return on investment. Like, you know, NASCAR does weird stuff to hype it up, like the Chicago Street Course, because they're hoping they're going to get new fans, more people. Like, you're still going to end up having... You're right. selling out an NFL stadium as it is. What's the point in doing something... Yeah, I, I don't know. Right. Just, yeah. It's lo- too many logistics for... You You don't have a problem. Why? Why? Why create one? Yeah. All right, uh, quick pirate report for you here before we go to break. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, so in the... uh, Usually about this time of year, we get the list of where the uh, ECU baseball players that are playing in the summer are playing. Uh, 13, a baker's dozen are playing this year in uh, various uh, collegiate summer leagues. Uh, in the Appalachian League, uh, Ryan McChrystal and Lane Essery, the pitcher, seldom used uh, reliever. I don't even know. Hey, he might have got in a time or two. Uh, anyway, they're pitching with the Burlington Sock or uh, playing with the Burlington Sock Bucket uh, Puppets this year. So, you Rose fans. Uh, that were in Burlington a couple weeks ago. That's now where uh, Essary and McChrystal are going to be playing uh, this year. The Cal Ripken League, uh, that will be uh, three Pirates playing on two different teams there. Uh, Dixon Williams, the uh, local product from Conley, is going to play for the Beth- uh, Bethesda Big Train this season. Uh, Nick DeLisi is playing for also for the Big Train. So uh, those pirate teammates will be uh, teammates on the Cal Ripken 
uh, big train team in Bethesda, uh, Delisi, the uh, third catcher on the Pirate roster, and then Jaden Winter, the uh, reliever who had some nice moments for the uh, only crop dusters. How about that for a name? Uh, Cape Cod League, which is considered still the standard uh, in uh, collegiate wooden bat summer leagues. Uh, Jacob Jenkins Coward is going to be playing for the uh, Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. So uh, JJC is going to the Cape. Coastal Plain League, uh, Holly Springs Salamanders. I was in that stadium a week and a half ago calling games uh, for the NFHS Network. Uh, Mike Mullis and I were state championships for the 1A and the 2A. And uh, Joey Barini will be a member of the Holly Springs Salamanders uh, this year. Some question as to where Luke Nowak would play, and he's going to be in Wilmington playing for the Sharks in the CPL. So that's not a bad assignment if you can get it going down to the beach. Uh, there is the New England Collegiate Baseball League where Wyatt Lunsford-Shinkman is going to be pitching for the Ocean State Waves. And then Jake Hunter will be pitching for the Newport Goal. So we'll see if he brings his dance moves uh, to the uh, New England Collegiate Baseball League. And then the Valley League, another really good one uh, up in the uh, Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. And uh, three Pirates are going to be members of the Charlottesville Tom Sox this year. The Pirates uh, always seem like have a uh, player, uh, multiple players on the Tom Sox. Uh, this year it is going to be a couple of pitchers and a catcher. Justin Wilcoxon will play for the Charlottesville Tom Sox this season in the Valley League. Uh, Jordan Little and Zach Root will be up there. So Zach Root is uh, one of the projectable guys, as my guy Mully likes to say. Uh, the left-hander will be thrown for the Charlottesville Tom Sox. Uh, some notables there by their uh, absence, and you can uh, you know read into that uh, what you will or will not. Uh, Cam Clonch is not playing uh, anywhere. Clonch, uh, I know, is doing some uh, uh, camps and some uh, individualized instruction in his uh, uh, area where he is from, Mooresville. Uh, Jacob Starling obviously is not uh, on any kind of roster, uh, nor is Riley Johnson, uh, also not on any sort of uh, rosters, Carter Cunningham. Uh, and uh, I think the one that, uh, to me, a couple to me that are more interesting uh, would be Moylan, Josh Moylan, and there's been increasing talk that he has uh, done enough to get uh, drafted. And then, uh, of course, AMAC, Alex uh, Makarevich uh, as well. So we'll see how all of that uh, plays out and what those guys uh, will have future-wise. Uh, of course, uh, Trey Savage is going to the uh, USA Baseball camp, and uh, you got to feel pretty good about his opportunity there. So that is uh, your Pirate Report today. Uh, we've got some more Trey Savage news coming up with our uh, 94.3 The Game Sports Update and uh, expanded Pirate Report with uh, the one and only Philip the Ref Pilkington coming up. When we come back, uh, comments on the marriage between the PGA and uh, Live Golf with uh, Curtis Strange. That will come your way right after these words. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. Okay, uh, hey, download that brand new app, IBX Media. You can do it at uh, Google Play or the App Store, absolutely free, and you can listen to any of our IBX Media radio stations just a couple of uh, clicks away. Uh, Philip Pilkington producing the show today. He'll have a 94.3 The Game Sports update coming up. We'll talk a little Panthers football and some detail coming up uh, also in our second half hour today. Right now, 
Uh, earlier today, we spoke with uh, Curtis Strange on our sister station, uh, 103.7 WTIB, also Talk 96.3, and had the occasion to talk with the uh, two-time U.S. Open winner. Of course, uh, the Big Hen, Henry Hinton's down there for uh, the uh, Big Rock Tournament Week, and uh, Curtis Strange is uh, intricately involved in that tournament. Uh, but, uh, of course, with the uh, news last week of where the PGA and uh, the funders of Live Golf are uh, headed, uh, that leads to some obvious questions. So uh, we've got some of those cuts for you here. Here is uh, Curtis Strange talking about uh, being uh, emotional this time of year as far as uh, it being U.S. Open Week. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you get asked about it. You talk about it. We used to do the TV uh uh, on Thursday and Friday for it at ESPN. But, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's the best week of the year on, on the pro tour, I think, because it's our national championship, not because I happen to win, but it's because our national championship and it's the, it's the biggest and greatest event that I could ever win because I'm an American. So, uh, and everybody feels like that. Um, uh, it's on the hardest golf courses in the world under the toughest conditions. And it should be because once again, it's our national championship. So, this year, uh, out at L.A. Um, on a great golf course, and you know the best field in the world will be assembled and try to win that trophy. Uh, Curtis Strange earlier today on the Talk of the Town program. Uh, more from uh, Curtis Strange, and uh, one of the things that well, Liv came up obviously, and uh, he uh, gives his prediction of Liv, and then transitions into uh, Harold Varner the third HV three. You'll hear Henry's voice in here as well, but uh, this was his bold proclamation on the uh, future of Live Golf. LIV will not exist at the end of this year. Simple as that. You've been pretty honest about your feelings about LIV Golf. You know that Harold Varner is a good friend of mine. Harold yes, just, and mine. Harold, Harold just won uh, $4 million in a tournament, which, you know, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this. I was telling our guys last night. Last year, we were talking about how the money won by the mercenaria down here might have been the biggest payday in the history of sports because it was $3.6 million. Mm -hmm. And then Harold wins the LIV golf tournament the other day and wins $4 million. You know, so the money has gotten crazy. You know, that's the only LIV event I've won at the finish was when Harold was, was leading and had a chance to win, and he did, just because I, I like him so much. He's from here. Uh, and, you know, he's won a couple of times overseas but not in the U.S. yet. Uh, not an official event, but and this wasn't official, but it was a big event, and it does so much for him. If he gets back on the PGA Tour, which he will eventually, uh, it gives him so much confidence to go forward and, and maybe start making that name for himself on his own tour. You know what, Pilk, uh, you follow this. What did you think of that bold proclamation that uh, Liv will not be around next year? Yeah, I I think it's not going to be around in the way that it's going to be called Live Golf, but I definitely think the Saudis are still going to be backing golf a year from now. And oh, for yeah, the, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they may not have what you call Live, but for the people who are solely against any Saudi-backed league, it's still going to be there. The, uh, some of the guys don't want to come back and, and play on the PGA Tour. They don't want the grind. They don't want that schedule. I, I can't imagine Liv would be going away. Liv will still be here in some capacity next year. Now, there will be guys that will probably be on both tours, but I think Liv will, will be here in some capacity uh, as well. But that, that's an interesting proclamation uh, on uh, 
Curtis Strange's part. Okay, so more directly, he was asked about the PGA Live uh, merger. This is uh, Curtis Strange. If everything I read and everybody I talk to, if they're accurate, and they are, because I, I, I don't have the inside scoop, but I talk to a lot of people that are around. Um, it's not a merger, number one. We're creating a new organization, a new company that all three entities are involved the Saudis, PIF, uh, the firm with all the money, uh, the American tour and the European tour. And I'm not sure what that's going to be, but it's going to be a for-profit organization which the Saudis are going to invest in. And I think that's probably a way to funnel some money to us through sponsorship and that type of thing. I really don't know yet. But as far as the PGA Tour and what the, pe what the viewers or listeners will see on TV is that it won't change at all. Uh, what both parties wanted, a couple things. They wanted to eliminate the legal proceedings. Neither party wanted to go to court with the um, discovery part of that. Right. Um, it was costing the tour millions and millions of dollars already. Uh, you know, we, we have done well, but we can't throw away that kind of money. The Saudis will outspend anybody on the planet other than maybe Elon Musk. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's... We wanted to get out financially. We wanted to get out of the legal burden, and they did too. They were spending a lot of money. Their narrative of sport washing was, was really hurting them. Uh, it was the opposite of what they thought they were going to get. And so they came together, uh, uh, I guess, about two months ago. And lo and behold, they liked each other. This Asser, Yasser, the head guy for the PIF, was a good guy. He's a sportsman, big golfer. And so that led into these other negotiations of trying to get this thing together and work together. I know the talk about their reputation and their past, uh, and it's not good. But, and I'm not saying I agree with it or disagree with it. I'm just saying you got to follow the money. And in this case, we are. All right, uh, Curtis Strange uh, there, and that's pretty well laid in with what everybody else has uh, been talking about. A uh, couple more here from Curtis Strange, uh, who was again with us uh, this morning on the Talk of the Town uh, program. This is interesting here. Uh, you know, the follow-up question was asked uh, to Curtis about uh, not the PGA not wanting to kind of reveal or open their books and uh, Phil Mickelson making those statements. Uh, this was uh, the door was open at this point for Curtis Strange to go in on lefty. I don't know. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe the first thing Phil Mickelson said. Not the first thing. Here's he has, a soundbite for you. Um, uh, I think he's shown his true colors over the last three years. Um, the things he said, which are so derogatory, and negative toward the organization that made him who he actually is. Think about it. Yeah. Uh, you can go over to you can go over to the Saudi tour, and you can go play anywhere you want to in the world, and you can leave the PGA tour if you don't like it. But just keep your mouth shut. Don't yeah. don't be negative to where you've made millions and millions of dollars and we have put you on a stage which enables you to do that and we know the we know what greg norman thinks about the tour which it's which is the same bad thing we made him too i mean he was a hell of a player around the world but he, he got on the stage on the pga tour years and years ago and i he's, he's my age and uh we put him on a platform that he was able to become the shark so uh, that's the only thing about that. Guys like Harold Vardner says, hey, babe, let me tell you something. I went for the money. I couldn't turn it down. I admire him for that. Uh, so he went in on lefty there a little bit. What do you think of that, Pilk? 
Yeah, I mean, I understand guys who don't like this, disliking Lefty. I mean, a lot of the stuff he said, I think, has been out of line, which really disappointed me. I grew up a Lefty fan. I know people that have met him personally. they got a lot yeah, of good things to a, say. In a lot of ways, he's right, though. He was, I mean, yeah. he, he was right about a lot of things. He was. That was the thing. We were kind of talking about this last night, uh, Henry, Chris, and I, that he was right about a lot of things. And then Henry brought up a point where, you know, Lefty kind of kept the PGA viewership where it was when Tiger had all his issues. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the fact that he wasn't seeing enough of the money when he was the face and they were pocketing, it'll be different if they were giving it to charity, but they were pocketing it themselves. So, you know, I, I kind of see Lefty's side. Well, this is, uh, you mentioned charity. That's the thing the PGA always goes to. We don't know how much the PGA Tour gives to charity. They claim uh, it is a lot, and I'm sure it is a lot. But that was the, the whole point of that last question. You don't want the books and, and things to be open that would have come out in discovery in the legal proceedings to, to be made public. Because, and, and, and look, the PIF doesn't want that either. Uh, so anyway, this is uh, Curtis Strange reacting to the growing the game claims that Liv has made. They hide behind this, 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 this comment of, of promoting golf. Nobody promotes golf more than the PGA Tour, the USGA, or, or the local PGA professionals around this country. Uh, how, can you, how can you promote golf anymore when every, every town the PGA goes to gives millions and millions of dollars every year to the needy, yeah. to the charities of that town? That's, that's how you promote golf. The first tee, which is part of the PGA Tour, promotes golf through the kids and the education. Golf a little bit, but education and teaching them the, the values of life, that type of thing promotes golf. So this Saudi stuff is, is a crock. But anyway, uh, we're, we're through that. The tour, tour will be the same. It's going to be the same. The, the question is now, what do we do as far as the LIV players who left the tour? How do they come back, and what do they have to go through to come back? And how about the guys who didn't take the money, like um, McElroy, who turned down – Millions. He, he actually never got offered a contract. Oh, is that right? He never got. He talked to him. You know, they don't get anything. They just showed their support of the PGA Tour and and the legacy of their of them of themselves and what they want to try to become. I don't think we owe them the first thing. They were just supportive. A of lot us. of them are saying, "Hey, we 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 need to be compensated for not going." You well, and and, and and you know that's exactly what the lieutenant governor and I disagree with him in this country. Giving yeah. people something don't work for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in many cases. So we don't owe them anything. We do have a case with the ones that left us talk badly about us and then want to come back. I think there's got to be some something going on there where it's not as easy as they think it might be. That is fascinating, that last bit, bit to me, Pilk. You know, and I tend to agree with Strange. I mean, these guys didn't go. What are they owed? They made, the, they made a, a, a business decision. And they made a decision to stay. So, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with Curtis there. I don't think they're owed anything. I think Roy McElroy is owed anything. I don't think any of these guys are owed anything. If you wanted the money, you should have signed on with Liv. I, I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's just, I, I, that's, I agree with him there. Um, it's just an fascinating Curtis's take on all this is really fascinating. That was a little bit of a curveball at the end. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there, though, Patrick. I, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think they're owed respect from the PGA, 
and you know things of that nature, but money. Well, now they're owed something from the PGA, but not monetarily. Yeah. They're owed some explanations and maybe some apology. I mean, yeah. the way this kind of went down has made some guys look like they have some egg on their face for sure. Yeah, and that's why we had Roy's comment calling you know the PGA hypocrites last week. You know, you told us you weren't going to do it. You weren't going to do it, and exactly they they owe him a lot of apologies. That's you're you're right on that. You hit the nail on the head. And, and Tiger hasn't said a thing yet. I don't think has he publicly. I haven't seen anything. I mean, maybe when it first yeah. came out, you know. I, I mean, I remember him saying, "Ain't no, going," I don't think but he has. I mean, I literally remember him no, saying, no, I'm, "I'm not going." About but, since the, oh yeah, yeah. I think oh, since yeah, the merger yeah, announced. Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely hasn't said anything since then. Yeah, and Rory thought he was an elder statesman, and, and he's just a golfer. I mean, that's what this has kind of proven. He's just a guy at golf. All right, uh, let's uh, get a break in. Actually, we'll we'll do our update, and we'll come back and get. Uh, uh, Travis Hancock on and uh, talk to him a little bit about the mandatory mini camp for the uh, Panthers uh, and how that is uh, going. Started up today. We'll go through Thursday. But right now, here's Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94 3 the game sports update and pirate report. Pilk. Thanks, Patrick. Sorry about that. Had the uh, wrong pot potted up there for the music. My mistake. We will take a look at the Blue Rock Big Marlin Tournament. Right now, we'll start in the Dolphin Division. The heaviest Dolphin weighed in at 41 pounds yesterday afternoon. That was brought in by Tuna Tango. And looking at the Blue Marlin Division, C Student still has the lead at 470 pounds. And C Toy is currently at 463.7. The uh, Lady Diane came in and weighed in just about 15 minutes ago, but they were a little light and did not qualify for that minimum of 400 pounds. We told we have told you about Bethany Bradshaw's ECU project that she has been working on over this past baseball season. Bethany tells our Patrick Johnson that the project is on a fast track. Really feel like this is the book that's going to mean so much to the pirate baseball community, and, and it's going to be a blast to tell. Uh, so I've got quite a few people that I've talked to, but plenty more coming in the next little bit. But the plan is we're fast tracking this book, and it'll come out for the beginning of the 2024 season. You can hear that interview in its entirety on the IBX Media app or wherever you get your podcast. She was on the Patrick Johnson show just yesterday. Former North Carolina men's basketball signee is pledging to a new program. Guard Simon Wilshire announced his commitment to St. John's on Monday. ESPN's 28th ranked prospect in the 2023 class requested a release form from his letter of intent from the North Carolina Tar Heels last week. The six-foot-four guard from New Jersey becomes Rick Pitino's top-rated high school recruit since he became the head coach of the Red Storm back in March. Wilshire becomes the 12th new addition to the roster since Pitino's hiring. And wrapping it up with some pirate baseball news, Trey Savage has been named to the ABCA Rollins Atlantic All-Region second team. He is the 11th pirate to earn these honors since Cliff Godwin took over as the helm of the Pirates. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. More with P-Man after this time out. Have you noticed he's in his own little happy hour? We're back to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the happy hour program. Here's the P-Man. All right, uh, let's get right out to Charlotte. 
the star of the Mac and Bone Morning Show. T-Bone himself, Travis Hancock from WFNZ, joins us uh, here again on the Patrick Johnson Show on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Sorry we're getting to you so late, but Curtis Strange was on a roll. He was on a roll, and we had to hear everything uh, he said no, about no, uh, uh, that's, uh No worries whatsoever. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Just here uh, hanging out, just getting ready for the uh, – the Mac and Bone Show tomorrow morning, where, uh, as you said, I'm the, uh, I'm the star of the show, really. So uh, thanks for saying You're that. the star of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this, uh, Travis. Uh, is uh, you, Have you had dinner? Have you eaten yet? Because I, I, I think you, you know, coming on these radio shows, you got you said you were going to have dinner before. That's why I asked you that. Yeah, you called, that before, you called me before. Uh, you called me in that gap between um, uh, dinner and bedtime. So we're, we're in a good spot right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm well... <laughs> Well fed. I got my uh, got my slippers on, and uh, I'm ready to uh, oh, ready wow. to get to Wednesday. Right, ready to get to Wednesday. I'm just I yeah. had enough of Tuesday. Not this interview. Glad to do this, but no, I'm uh, right. getting cozy for the night here. Yeah. No, I understand. You're uh, you're hunkering down for the night, as it were. Yeah. All right. So it was mandatory minicamp for the Panthers. They got to be there. It's <laughs> mandatory. And yes. now we're starting to see uh, this afternoon uh, all of the uh, comments from. Frank Wright rolling in. We're starting to see uh, all of the uh, articles uh, coming out of day one. Uh, what are the takeaways from uh, day one of mandatory minicamp for the uh, Carolina Panthers? Well, I think one of the storylines is there's a lot of guys that are not there for various reasons or they're not participating in full. Brian Burns is off ankle surgery. J.C. Horn, the stud corner, he's out for all of this until camp. Dante Jackson, the other corner, uh, he'll be ready for camp. Vaughn Bell, safety, who's going to be a major part of what they do. He's out. So there's there's about six or seven or eight guys that, that are not in there uh, for various reasons. One guy that's in there is Bryce Young. Uh, the reviews have been uh, just glorious so far, whether it's from the coaching staff. And Brian Burns had some really nice things to say. So uh, for, for a young kid that's just getting his feet wet, and you kind of knew this coming in, but he, he's – He's going to be a beloved guy, I think, eventually by the fans and certainly by his teammates because he's going to he's going to carry himself well beyond his years as a player and and a person. And I think you're seeing that already with uh, the way he conducts his business. So when he was in uh, the OTAs, I guess a ball was tipped at the line and everybody freaked yeah. out because that's what you do this yeah. time of year. You freak out. Yeah, he had a ball batted down today, but so did uh, so did Andy Dalton. So uh, you got to keep that in context too. He had a I don't know if you saw the footage. He had a he had a play recently before this week when he he got a bad snap and it went and he one handed it out of the air and made the read yes. off of one hand with the throw. And that's uh man, that's not even Josh McCown in the video was talking to Frank Reich saying, "Did you see what he just did?" And when when you've got guys that played the position in awe of what somebody just did, that kind of tells you that uh, he's uh, he's he's well beyond his years already. Yeah. Well, and look, they're going to have to do things to move him. Everybody has balls batted. It just happens. That's one yep. of the things that uh, that happens, and uh, we will see. And look, uh, he's going to have a ton of pressure on him as the number one overall uh, pick, but. Uh, we'll see how all of that goes today. The great Travis Hancock, T-Bone from WFNZ, Mac and Bone Show in the mornings there 
uh, on uh, FNC. All right, FNZ, excuse me. So I want to ask you this. Uh, I'm, I'm reading some stuff this afternoon that Brian Burns, is he, he wants to get paid. Uh, so is he in a situation with the contract? What's going on there with uh, with Burns and the contract situation? Well, remember last year it came out that they, they didn't move him for two first-rounders. So when, when you're not going to move a guy at that time for two first-rounders, that tells you that uh, he's going to get paid and he's a part of, of the future. And I still think for as long as he's been in the league now, a handful of years, he's still only 25 years old. He came in right. for an NFL player really young. You know, a lot of times in the NBA, that's the case. We say, oh, my God, I was that player only that age. But NFL, they play four years of college a lot of times. And, you know, he, he came in young, so he's still only 25. I think I think there's still another level to get to that, that he can reach. He needs more help. Derek Brown's getting better in the middle, and they need more help on the other side. But I think in this scheme – play an outside linebacker now as well and, and what he can do. I think that I think that there's that fifteen sack level coming and I and I think it might be this year. But I still think that, you know, when you read the rankings, whether it's pro football focus, you can think what you want about those rankings, but at least it gives you a guide of, of the other guys in the league and what they're thought of. You know, there were two rankings last week, P, PFF and CBS, where, you know, I think he was like eleven and twelve in the league and thought one was kind of low. I think he's more in that that you know, nine, ten range with room to operate. But I think that there's there's another level for Brian Burns to get to we haven't seen. And the same thing can be said about Jeremy Chin. Uh, Jeremy Chin's been very good at safety. Now he's going to be all over the place. Yeah. But he hasn't been great. And I think that with this defense, I think that they're going to unleash a little more greatness consistently in Jeremy Chin. And I think Burns is going to go to another level of his abilities. Hope so. I should have asked you about the receivers before asking you about Burns since we had talked about Bryce Young. Uh, but uh, this receiver room, how's that uh, group looking so far? Well, I think they got a quarterback, but with that, they had to trade D.J. Moore. So to get something, he had to give something. But I think they did a really nice job in doing the best possible job in trying to get weapons around Bryce Young, whether it's Adam Thielen from the Vikings, the veteran, or the speedster DJ Chark, and then, you know, they've got Hayden Hurst at tight end. They've got Miles Sanders, who can catch the ball out of the backfield from the Eagles. They drafted Johnny Mingo uh, in the second round, who, with the pedigree of recent Ole Miss wide receivers, he feels good that eventually uh, maybe he can be the one. There's not a one on the team right now in terms of a dominant number one receiver, but maybe that's a good thing for a young quarterback. Maybe there's not having to force the ball to a dominant wide receiver. He can spread it around to Thielen, to to Terrace Marshall Jr., to Mingo, to Hurst, to Sanders. I think for Bryce Young, not having that number one dominant have-to-get-the-ball-to-him guy might actually benefit him as rookie year. Well, it's somebody that gives somebody a chance to emerge as the favorite target or, or the safety valve guy or that kind of thing. Uh, Travis Hancock, yep. uh, well-fed, well-rested. He's with us uh, here. All right, before we go, what were maybe like two or three stories for the NFL offseason? Because you know there's going to be a tell. What, what in your mind, what are the big NFL offseason stories here before we uh, fire well, up? Well, I, I think the, the, uh, yeah, I think the one that we're, we're going to get, and I say this as a fan of the team my entire life, but I'm speaking here overall, I think that we're going to get a lot of, New York Jets coverage with Aaron Rodgers. Sure. 
Uh, that's yeah. that's going to be a daily storyline, and I think we're all kind of intrigued um, with with what he does. So certainly, um, that is one right there. I think one that's developing today. I, I know you've been doing uh, your work on the air, but you know, what, what's going on with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo? That seems like a yeah. an odd situation, right? It seems like it's not contractual, but he's there in Buffalo, but he's not going to camp. And Sean McDermott says today that he's very concerned about him. I'm, I'm not sure the context of, of what that even um, entails. Josh Allen was speaking a few minutes ago about, you know, possible, you know, is there a, is it contentious between the two? And I bring that up because, you know, I think we're all waiting for Buffalo to, uh, to kick the door down, but, you know, Stephon Diggs is a huge part of that. But if he's not wanting to be there or something's going on, you know, you have to view Buffalo differently, especially the way that they play because, they're so predicated on YOLO passes from Josh Allen to Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs and just <laughs> winging it down the field that if, they, if you know they don't run it so that much, so if Stephon Diggs is it there or whatever's happening there, that that completely sort of changes the mindset of uh, of what we think about you know the, um, the Buffalo Buffalo Bills, and I think the other one is going to be you know all these rookie quarterbacks. There's a lot of rookies. There's Bryce yeah. Young. There's Anthony Richardson, there's Stroud, there's there's Levis, and then you can look at some of the, you know, second year guys like Desmond Ritter in the NFC South. So some of these young quarterbacks, whether they're rookies or they're they're second year like Ritter and some other guys, you know, who who plays well early, who makes elite. The NFC, Patrick, is fascinating because we were going yeah. over today the top five quarterbacks in the NFC just to kind of see where Bryce Young stacks up in the Man, it. I mean, there's some, there's some good quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is great, but man, when you start ranking, you should do this on your show. I'm not trying to do your show for you, but it's interesting. Yeah. When you go through the NFC quarterback rankings after Jalen Hurts, because then it's like Geno and it's Golf, and it's these guys that had really good years. But when you take Rodgers and Brady out of there, that NFC yeah. quarterback hierarchy right now, it's wild to look at how it ranks. Right now. Yeah, that is interesting. Good point. I'm, Pilk, make a note, because we'll do this at some point. We're going to go on summer break in a couple weeks, by the way. First time we're doing that. We It was in the original agreement there, uh, Travis, but we're actually going to take oh. uh, some some time off in the summer for once. Instead really, of, you where know, are you? Uh, where, I just there. got back from a uh, beach trip myself to uh, Carolina Beach where I forgot to sunscreen my knees, my kneecaps. Ooh. And uh, Ooh, when I sat kneecap. down, the bathing okay. suit rid, uh, rode up on my knees, so... I right. came back with a pristine body in terms of sunburn, except my mm-hmm. knees were just completely. It, it's it's an embarrassing moment in my life, and I've had plenty. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, uh, no, well, you know, stuff around, a little honeydew around the house. We'll be at the beach some. We go to the working man's beach, Surf City, so we'll be there. We did our show there last uh, Friday, so we'll do a few shows there for, in August also. But uh, you know, July's. Slim pickets, but uh, if, if if we're going to be on some in July, we'll do the ranking. I'm stealing the ranking list. Bill yeah. has written it down. Yeah, so. enjoy your right. uh, enjoy your time off. You guys got to get ready to start uh, a lot of lot of lot of previewing of uh, ECU Michigan, right? Week one. Yeah, yeah, we got that. Uh, we'll be jumping into that. We're going to do some of that next week. In fact, on the program. So, oh, hey, uh, good be, to well, talk to you, my friend. Fox, that's going to be a Fox uh, Fox national game, yeah. right? For no, no, it's. It's on. It's on Peacock. Oh, okay. I did. Oh, okay. I didn't see. Oh, I missed that. Okay, very good though. Yes, it's going to be on Peacock. 
So if you're not Very a good. subscriber like I am to the Peacock, you're going to have to be if you want to watch uh, that. That's what the Big Ten's doing. It's uh, it's crazy. It really is what uh, streaming's about to throw a bunch of money at. Uh, you, well, you know this, the NBA, and it's going to yeah. be pretty interesting. It's really going to be interesting. Hey, we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot, uh, Travis. Great to talk to you as always. All right. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your time off. Well earned, and we'll talk again as we get closer to the uh, actual football games. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. There he goes, the great uh, Travis Hancock, T-Bone and Mac. Uh, Mac and Bone in the mornings on WFNZ. Love uh, Travis uh, and uh, having him on. All right, uh, a break. We'll come back a little overtime here, but that'll be okay, and uh, we'll wrap up the show right after these words. Uh, Travis Hancock, T-Bone, for being on with us. Great to hear from uh, Curtis Strange. Thanks also to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Great job, uh at Network Control. Uh, tomorrow, we'll preview the U.S. Open. Later in the week, Octavia Street, now with the Eagles. J.H. Rose, an NC State alum. We'll talk to him. He's got a football camp coming up in July. And next week, John Gilbert will be on the show. Blake Harrell, Pirate Defensive Coordinator and ECU Offensive Coordinator, Donnie Kirkpatrick. Thanks uh, all still to come in the next uh, week and a half on the PJ Show before we take our summer hiatus. Back tomorrow in the morning, talk of the town on uh, 103.7 and 96.3. The big hand will be uh, the Big Rock. We'll be on there with him and then back here tomorrow at 5 o'clock. The Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Have a great evening.